You choose Columbus Business First every week to give you the inside industry intelligence for nearly every business sector in central Ohio. And Columbus Business First chose Crate Media as its official podcast partner for its unique show, Women of Influence, now 70 episodes strong. With 4 million shows, hundreds of millions of listeners, and industry advertising revenues approaching $4 billion, podcasting is the fastest growing audio medium in the U.S. From law to medical, construction to automotive, retail to real estate, every brand has a story. Let Crate Media help tell yours. Visit crate.media slash CBF to learn more about how we can help while receiving a free one-hour casting session with our expert producers, which will help to uncover and shape your company's branded podcast. To learn more about sponsoring Columbus Business First Women of Influence podcast, please email Advertising Director Steve Hewitt at shewitt at bizjournals.com to get started. That's S-H-E-W-I-T-T at bizjournals.com. Hello and welcome to Women of Influence, Columbus Business First interview podcast featuring some of the most powerful women in the central Ohio business community. I'm Eleanor Kennedy, Assistant Managing Editor of CBF and the host of this podcast, returning to your earbuds after a four-month absence, during which time I joined the ranks of working moms. Today's interview is with Lori Duncan of Powell's Noctera Brewing. I hope you enjoy the conversation, which covers Lori's outdoor sporting background, her path to the world of craft beer, and of course, some talk about the challenges wrought by the coronavirus pandemic. Well, Lori, thank you so much for joining us yeah, on the absolutely. podcast. Yes. This is our first podcast uh, on the road in person in a long time. Actually, it was like right before the pandemic. I think we did the, the last one in oh, February okay. of 2020. And then it's my first time back to the podcast uh, in about four months because I had a baby in March. So this congratulations. Is, thank you. And, and now I'm toasting to it here at this brewery. <laughs> right. <there you> go. <laughs> well, so, thanks for making us your first stop back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to start. If you could tell me a little bit about your journey uh, into craft beer. How did oh, you goodness. wind up here? How much time do you have? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll do my best to keep it brief. I took a slightly non-traditional path after college. Um, I graduated with a degree in fine arts at Ohio State and didn't quite know what my next step was from there was going to be. It's a, um, not a super linear path always to the workforce. Mm-hmm. So I stayed on working my favorite job, which was a whitewater raft guide in West Virginia uh, on the New Ngali River. And I did that for nine years and just lived, breathed, drank whitewater <laughs> rafting for nine years. Uh-huh. And so that would be my summertime. And then in the winter, uh, we'd work in the ski industry. Eventually, I panicked and decided I needed to get a real job. Mm. Utilize my skill set of bullshitting people to con my way into a job with a prominent uh, retailer here in Mm -hmm. the Columbus area. And I probably won't name names, but they're big. And I started working in their sourcing, procurement, supply chain, raw material development department. While it was like a culture shock to go from such a strong like outdoor industry to a very more uh, corporate environment the challenge of learning the skill set and kind of learning how to navigate the cross-functional teams that existed there how to work with overseas partners like the job itself was just so invigorating Mm -hmm. and I had a career there for about seven years around that same time my husband and I were just feeling a little burned out and feeling a little constrained by being locked into a nine to five and um, had picked up craft 
beer as a hobby, so homebrewers, obviously, and the conversations about, well, if we had our own brewery, what would it look like, started to get more and more real, and four short years later, we opened <laughs> a brewery. <laughs> we opened a brewery so, uh-huh. um, in a nutshell, that's kind of... That's a, that is an interesting point A journey. to point B, yeah. Are you still, do you go whitewater rafting? Actually, we do. We just took a few of our staff members, James over here included, uh, last weekend. So we took them on Saturday to the Lower New River and just did like a fun um, a fun trip down the Lower New. So I'm from Indiana originally, and obviously I live here now, but I went to college in Virginia, and my in-laws oh, are there. Uh-huh. So I drive through West Virginia all the time. Yeah, absolutely. See some beautiful rivers that look like Well, they you'll have to pull delightful. over and hop in a boat. Yeah. <laughs> I know that might be too intense for me. but And we spent some time last summer near um, Snowshoe out in West Virginia, uh-huh. so where there's skiing over there. Yeah, so. it's a beautiful area. Yeah. So, and y'all opened, you said about two and a half years ago yeah we opened february 2nd 2019 okay and then a year later some big stuff happened so. oh yeah right <laughs> when we were hitting the groove um you know and we even had those arrogant conversations i think in january or february like wow we are so prepared <laughs> for this year we've learned so much over the last year we just continued to learn Take me through that as much as you now it feels like a lifetime ago i guess but sure. sort of how you adapted as the different orders came in and you had to sort of roll with it. As it yeah, came. step one, panic. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we, we have a strong team here. We have a really diverse skill set. You know, I approach from more of the operations side. James's background is in production and marketing. And, you know, so he's the voice of the brand. And, and he really focuses in on, okay, whatever we're doing, how do we communicate that out? My husband, Brian, is one of the brewers. He kind of focuses on the the fermentation side or the cold side of the process. And our other partner, Bruce, is uh, he runs the hot side. Bruce's background is as a highly certified, specialized Mercedes diesel engine mechanic. Mm. Brian's background is as, as a microbiologist. And so kind of having that mix of leadership roles, mixes of backgrounds, we just look at every problem from all different angles. And there's not a bone in our body that says roll over and give up. And Mm -hmm. so after we got over the initial shock of things closing down, the next day we sat down at a table and we didn't move for probably three hours and we started coming up with plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and so on and so forth. And, you know, obviously we, we operated as a carryout location. We turned on a home delivery service, as did a lot of other breweries in town. We took every keg of beer that we had and laboriously converted them to cans Mm. so that we could get six packs in hands. Mm -hmm. We made a bold move to buy up as much can supply as we could at the time to make sure that we had a way to continue getting our product to people. And we just kept adapting. And about a week into operating as a carryout, operating as a um, as a home delivery service. Oh, there's our train. <laughs> <laughs> um, we uh, we started talking about what's this going to look like when we reopen. Mm-hmm. And so when May 21st, I believe it was, came around, and restaurants and breweries or bars with outdoor seating were allowed to reopen. We'd been having those conversations for months and we had a pretty good idea of how we were going to do that and just made some minor tweaks to make sure that we were fully in line with all the requirements. And now how far along are you in terms of fully reopening now that you said the inside is still a little bit different than what it used we're, to look like? Sure. We're, we're leaving the, our inside space just a little bit different. Um, we had cleared out all of our original furniture. We had a lot of couches, a lot of soft seating arrangements that didn't really 
give us the, the maximum opportunity for how to use our space mm -hmm. when your seating requirements kind of shrink and the spacing, you know, you had to spread everybody out. So the inside, currently we're leaving with the furniture that we hand-built during COVID. We oh, built wow. a bunch of picnic tables with the idea that when we can get rid of these, they'll go out into our beer garden and just pr provide extra seating out there. We still have barriers up in place. We'll probably start to phase those out within the next month. We just want to make sure that as people are exploring what their comfort level is now that they're out and about again, if you're still a little more anxious, we have indoor seating that has barriers that, you know, kind of give you that, that little private booth feeling. Mm -hmm. But then outside we've, you know, we've not really had to adapt a whole lot because our outside seating has remained the same through COVID. Mm -hmm. And so where are you at compared to where you were at last, this time last year from a sales perspective? Are you kind of back on the level that you were pre-pandemic? It's really hard to say. <laughs> um, uh, year 2019 was year one from us, and we were still introducing ourselves to people as a brand. Mm -hmm. Last year, we do have a large outdoor space. We have a quarter acre outdoor space, and we were fortunate in having that. And I think that during some of those early opening days, it actually funneled a lot of business here because people were seeking that out. They were looking for where can I find a comfortable mm -hmm. place to sit outside that's spaced out, and I feel normal mm -hmm. and I feel comfortable and I feel safe um, so we actually had pretty strong taproom sales through the summer last year and we don't really know what a normal year looks like mm -hmm. yet so mm -hmm. I'd say that right now we're feeling comfortable we're on track for where we'd like to be ask me again in two or three years and I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what it looks like switching gears a little bit so you mentioned you started the business with your husband sure what's it like working together <laughs> let me clarify just a little bit Brian and I obviously live together, so we talk all the time. So he and I started having serious conversations amongst the two of us of how would we do this. It didn't really start to feel real until we spoke with Bruce, who's mm -hmm. our, our primary partner in the business. Bruce and Brian met during homebrew competitions. Our boys were very young at the time, and it reached a stage where I realized that brewing just felt a lot like cooking and cleaning, <laughs> and I was already doing a lot of that. And so I had kind of removed myself from the novelty and the fun of the brewing process and really started focusing a little bit more on brand development, storytelling, like how are, how are we going to communicate our brand to an audience and form an emotional connection and give them something that that they relate to. You know, there's there's so many breweries in Columbus making really good beer. At a certain time, the conversation has to be a little bit more about the beer. It's how do, how do you feel when you go there? And, you know, we really talk a lot about that emotional connection with our audience. So because I think Brian and I focus on very dis different aspects of the business, it gives us each our own lane to stay in. Certainly there can be friction from time to time when those <laughs> lanes cross over a little too much, but... We've, we've worked together for years as raft guides in the mm -hmm. ski industry. It feels natural. Was that how you all met, rafting? Or did you know each other before that? No, we <laughs> went to high school together. Oh, wow. So, oh, yep. that's so cute. All right, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> that, that's adorable. Well, let's see. I think, you know, this podcast is, is mm -hmm. women in leadership. Um, sure. And I, the craft beer industry, like a lot, has had a lot of equity conversations. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's a really vague question, but I guess talk about your experience being a woman in this industry, sort of. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that there are a lot of parallels between the craft beer industry and then the outdoor industry that I came from. Mm -hmm. And I spent a lot of time reflecting on how I approached that imbalance when I was in my 20s, what I've learned from that, and how I want to approach it now 
as a as a business owner in the outdoor industry the way to the way to make a name for yourself and the way to be comfortable and the way to let other people know that you're not somebody to mess with was to go bigger to drink more to mm-hmm. be wilder and that works to a certain extent <laughs> um, but that's certainly not a not a life cycle I want to repeat I th- think that taking a step back from that that industry when I went into a corporate field I was sourcing fabric and items for bras and panties Uh and so quite oftentimes I was sitting in a room with a nearly nude model having very intellectual conversations with 20 or 30 other people in the room mixed group half of them men and the scene just felt so completely different it's like how can you sit in a room with a very exposed female in front of you and the conversation is poignant it's intellectual nobody feels violated you know you you move the business forward Mm -hmm. and so having that experience it just taught me so much about how do you build a culture the right way from the start how do you put structure into your business so that not necessarily that you're protected from incidences happening but you you've laid the groundwork so people know the rules and you have the tools that you need if an incident comes up, you have the tools to lean back on and help navigate you through those difficult moments. Um, we have an absolute zero tolerance policy at Noctera, and we started our business that way. We didn't, we didn't respond to an event. I mean, I spent probably five months writing and refining our employee manual before we opened our business. So really, having that corporate experiment experience, the takeaways from that were really, really strong and it just influenced so much, like what do I need to build into this business so that I can avoid some of the culture, some of the circumstances that led to certain behaviors in the outdoor industry that, uh-huh. you know, because the, the conversation on my side is, sure, if a, if a female is confident and comes in here and wants to throw her weight around and show that she's bigger, burlier, badder than all the boys, that's great for her, but you don't want to build a business where you're going to lose talent or lose opportunity because you're requiring somebody to act that Mm -hmm. way. So how do we create a culture that's open? And, you know, my partners have been so engaged and supported in the whole process that we're really fortunate that we just started out that way. What does your team look like? How many people do you have? And Uh, currently we we have about 36 people on our team. We, we're sitting right about 50 50 male female and you know we do like to keep that balance not just front of house back of house so that's that's where a lot of people will will kind of get those counts it's like well maybe all of our back of house production team is male Mm -hmm. but then all of our bartenders are female Mm -hmm. so we are 50 50 Mm -hmm. well you're not giving yourself opportunity then for input in every layer of your business Mm -hmm. it's coming from a different perspective so you know we've got a few wonderful girls on our production team that are just the hardest working craft beer monsters that you've ever met they're awesome we have a strong female presence in the front of the house Um, we have a female team leading some of our back-end operations so we we really strive to keep that balance Mm -hmm getting to know you a little bit more where will we find you when you're not at the brewery what do you do for fun (laughs) (laughs) um well I do have two boys Uh so nine and twelve nine and twelve we're very active together they do they're on a competition rock climbing team here in Columbus so we're spending a lot of time at the climbing gym we spend a lot of time with our dogs spend a lot of time 
hiding in my house, <laughs> um, you know, just kind of recharging for the next day. But we're out and about quite a bit. The boys are into mountain biking. They're at just such a fun, perfect age that they're experiencing some of these things that um, that have been such a huge part of our life. Mm-hmm. I guess rock climbing is something where they able to do that during the pandemic still outdoors, maybe some, or, um, yeah, you know, the, well, the gems that are here in town, there's a handful of them. It's a great organization. I highly recommend it to, to anybody looking for something to get their kids involved in. They, that gems were one of the hardest hit industries. I think yeah. gems and theaters are probably mm-hmm. some of the last ones to open. So we did do a little bit of outdoor climbing as business as engaged as we are, here at Noctera, it can be harder to get away, especially in a tumultuous time of yeah. your business. But, you know, we just shifted that focus to mountain biking and fishing mm-hmm. and hiking and frisbee golf and a bunch of other things. Well, let's see. So you're still very outdoorsy, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. Any any other hobbies? Do you read much or at all? Or any I shows read you're watching? all the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I read um, very embarrassing science fiction fantasy books what i reading is my escape so Uh when i can take my brain from the real world and go into another world that's how i relax yeah i don't think that's embarrassing no so we'll (laughs) we'll lay in bed and i'll read something about dragons or or whatnot and my husband is laying next to me reading uh, microbiology text so that (laughs) he can get better at um yeast propagation Uh uh-huh all right well it sounds like a good each their own yeah (laughs) yes Yeah, absolutely. Um, We don't do a whole lot of TV, but, you know, trying to pick up. Our kids are at an age where trying to find, like, good family shows that are funny and engaging. Uh Like, we're able to get into some older stuff, like some Seinfeld, some some of the fun classics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, You should watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer with them. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I feel like that might be be a good age for that. I agree. And, well, anything I didn't ask you about that you think people should know about you or about the business? Oh. Huh? I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm an open book. If anybody's got a question, they can <laughs> give me a call or come to the brewery. <laughs> well, you sort of talked about this a little on our tour. So what is next for Noctera? What are you thinking about? Sure. Well, right now, our focus through the pandemic has been to protect home plate, you know, protect the tap room, like protect our audience here and from a, a number of perspectives. One, like really hyper-focused on creating a, a safe, comfortable environment through this tumultuous last year but also really make sure that we don't lose focus on the core group of people that have gotten us to this point. And so just stri- continuing to strive to make our taproom a better experience, learning and adapting, you know, for only being open two and a half years, there's still plenty of, for us to learn to run the best customer experience that we can here in our taproom. Now we're getting to the point where we are comfortable. We've got our eyes kind of outside of the building. We have, we're fortunate. We have a, a great person leading our sales team and he, I know that he has growth strategies in place for, for outside of here. So we're just focused on packaging, how we can um, maximize the volume that we have here in the business, get more cans into more hands. Mm-hmm. And every time someone sees the moth in their hand at a backyard barbecue or party or something, maybe they'll think, hey, I want to go to the tap room. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to build that circular relationship with our brand that encourages people to not only come here, but to take it off the shelf when they see it out in the marketplace mm-hmm. well awesome well i wish you luck and yeah. thank you so much laurie it was a delight to chat with you yeah thank you thank likewise you. all right